Well, we're still dealing with new days, spiritual awakenings, and we're going to look at some things about our bodies. We've talked some about new home, we've touched on these things, but we're going to revisit some some areas here uh, that uh, may be helpful to just put into, into perspective. And how many people have been struck by lightning? Any? No. Yes, no, yes, no. Nobody? I guess that doesn't happen. How about, have you ever just stuck your tongue in a socket or something and gotten shocked? Anybody been shocked a little bit? No, just a little. Okay. You're still alive. That's good. And it, but you felt something. Something happened. when that, That's an indication that you have a body and that you're feeling that sensation as it comes through and we are going to talk about that that body the one you have that is here right now and i don't know if you realize but the number of teenagers who are not pleased with their bodies the number who commit suicide because they're not happy with the bodies they have body image is a huge deal body shaming is a huge deal so we probably should talk about this if we're going to see maybe. Uh, so that's the young people. So, you know, us old people, we can judge them because we're old. How many old people feeling any aches or pains? So stop judging. <laughs> you know that something's going on. But you felt something. You've had the electrical you know, you've been shocked at some point. Some things have happened. You've been hungry. You've hurt because of pain. You've had all those kind of things that have happened over a lifetime. And now we are going to look at this new body. What What's unfolding here? To do that, we have to look at a concept. This is a concept that goes throughout the scriptures. It goes through all of theology. And you've got to get a handle on this. And because of how people answer this particular thing I'm going to tell you, they come up with all kinds of uh, understandings about how God... ...or respond to this. So uh, you need to know what it is. And... It just may help you discover something about the mind-body connection. Already, not yet. That's pretty much it. So if you are driving, you are 15 and a half with a driver's permit. You are a driver. You have been licensed by the state, and you are allowed to be on highways with a vehicle, a 2,000-pound vehicle, Streaming, you know, screaming down the road at 65 miles an hour, you're a driver with some restrictions. You're a driver, but until you get the full license, not yet. So there's already not yet. A pregnant woman, six months along, baby's coming. She's going to be a mother, kind of already, but not yet. And already not yet. Your new body. You got this material body living in this world. There's a spiritual 
you, a spiritual body, which is actually the, that's the real you, that continues on always, but you don't really the aches and pains, and so which one gets, gets the attention? That physical one. So that is going to fall away, the physical one, and then the spiritual one will emerge as the primary one, which it already is, but you just... You have a resurrected body like Jesus. So all of those things are going to happen. And and what is yet to come, so we have already, not yet. So we're moving through all of these different things, and we're experiencing them uh, along the way. So perfectly healthy body. Perfectly healthy body. Not yet. So, I don't know if you've ever complained because of aches and pains or having to go to the dentist or you get a splinter and all, all of these horrible things that happen in life and, and then you expect in your head that you should have a perfect body. And so why does somebody else get a perfect body and you don't have a perfect body? Why is it you can't be pleased with yours because you want it to be different, taller, slimmer, bigger, whatever it is, it may be in your head, and that is the ultimate, the perfect body. You have the body you have because God determined that that would be a a good one to kind of set you up with. has it on this planet no one not yet it's coming it's going to come it's the problem the complaining god why did you do this to me and it's serious because some people kill themselves over this Why did you put me in this body, not that body? Why am I like this, not like that? Because in your mind, there's this idea of a perfect body. And you're supposed to have it. And God failed. Society failed. Your parents failed. Your grandparents failed because they made your parents. The great-great-grandparents. When does it stop? Today. It's not yet. We're not perfect yet. Perfect body's coming. Not yet. How does that help? It helps us wrap our head around the fact that we're not here forever in this body. And whatever it is in our heads that make us think that we should have that now has to stop. And once it does, we can grapple with the reality that we have, the bodies that we have, and live forward towards the one that has not yet come. It's available. It's coming. Just not yet. So you get the whole already not yet thing? So here's some bodily conditions as we're making our way through these things. So there's the physical body living in this material world, so physical body and material living. So we've got that existence, and we just have a body, and we feed ourselves, and we take care of living in this world, and we can ignore God and all the spiritual side to all of that. So we're just going to live a physical body in a material world, and that is the existence of many, many people. 
another possibility is a physical life and spiritual living. So we can live in this world, but we're going to draw from the source. And that's spiritual living, even though we're in a physical body, so we can experience God's help, God's health, God's direction, even though we're still here on this world, in this planet, but we're living this thing out. So it's a whole different way of living. We're going to cover how that works here in a little bit. Physical life and spiritual living. Ultimately, spiritual body and spiritual living, when we have that, reach that point, when we do have a perfect body, spiritual body that doesn't get sick, it can't be crushed under a crane. I mean, all kinds of cool stuff. So we get that one day, that spiritual body and living in a spiritual uh, reality and and. that so let's look at these aspects so the we're going to look at mind body and role so in the physical reality the physical body we have to now if on test day if you're in school that may be when you realize my mind is limited this room and you realize your mind is limited and those things just kind of catch up as you go along there's a physical reality to that the spiritual side of that is the mind is abounding that whole thing we only use 10 percent of our brain we're probably using all of it because there's different aspects that are in different places so whoever came up with that is probably dead and they need to be fired but anyway the abounding part is it is free to just do what God designed it to do in the first place. When he created humanity, he had in mind something really grand, and he's headed that direction again. We get pieces and bits here and there. When we enter into the spiritual body and the spiritual reality, our minds are going to be are just going to take off. You're going to love that. The body part. In the physical world, physical body is timed. So there's just so much time. Some people make it to 100 or a little past, not many do that. It just There's just an end to this thing. Somehow in our minds we're thinking, but he was only 84 and he died so young. He was so vibrant. You go, really? Because I think 84, you know, you kind of tap, tap out at some point. How about 120? Well, some people do that. Are we saying then that everyone should live to... We come up with these things in our heads. So who should live to when? What's the date? What's our expiration date? Is it stamped on our feet when we're born? How do we know that somebody died early? Just asking. And how do you know that? And why are you mad at God if you are? Because you knew the expiration date and you got ripped off. Did you get ripped off? Did you know that? Did God himself come down to earth and say, here's the date for your friend, your family member, here's the date. And if you haven't heard from him on that, then why do you expect something different than the expiration of an individual 
who is only here for a certain amount of time, just like you, just like me. We're all limited. So that's the body part. However, the spiritual body, the spiritual reality, the one that's within, that's housed in this thing, continues. So that's the everlasting part of this. Not eternal in the sense of always existing and always existing in the past and always existing in the future. Not that, but everlasting from the time we're conceived to the point of for wherever unending. That's the exciting part. So we got some, we got some good stuff going on here. There's a role during this physical body time where you have an earthly role of certain things that we can do, certain things we can't. Rarely can we fly without airplanes. So that's kind of a limitation. But in a spiritual body, heavenly body, we, there's all kinds of things we can do. Our roles change. The responsibilities we have with God change. What we're doing with each other changes. Our ability to relate to other people, our minds will work better. And you've got to meet all the people from the past. So you start with Adam and Eve and you run through all of the people that you're going to meet when you get to heaven. They don't have name tags on. How are you going to remember their names? Your great-grandparents, great-great-aunt, great-great-great-great-great-aunt, you know, the ones that first came to America. Some of us with that whole Native American thing, that goes back a ways. And you go, well, okay, so how do you put all that? How are you going to remember that? Because you're going to be with a new body, new mind, with the ability to do all those things you're going to be thrilled to see what god does with all of this as everything moves from already what we know now and 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 some of this is just you've had a taste of something that tastes good you've had something that felt good you've had experiences that let you know uh, that that pain is a megaphone letting us know that there's something else out there. That, but it does tell you that you are alive. Because you know, while that hurt, I'm here. Do you know that's why people cut themselves? They just want to feel something. They've gone numb. So what do they do? They cut. I felt something. What's that tell us? It tells us we're human. We're here. We, we can actually feel. That's, people are just looking to feel because we're in a physical body. But they're thinking in their heads, I should already be at not yet, at the other end of this thing. The heavens, the perfect body, perfect situation, the perfect... No. Have some of it now, some of it later. We're just not there yet. We're in, we're in process. Life after death is key. It's key. Some people just don't think about these things, but it is key. You're... Life is more than your earthly time, happiness, health, and experiences. We can lock into those things and say, that's what life is all about. I'm going to make it all that, that's going to be the most important. That's my priority. That's where I live. And Jesus came to say, you know, there's just a whole lot more. And if you widen your perspective to include the much more, then what you do with your life here and now is going to be so much better. Because I'm going to give you life. And you can live it abundantly. Do you know how you do that? Doing your thing or doing his thing? Doing it your way or doing it his way? And he's saying, 
Come with me and let me show you. There's so much more to this. Let me take you out. But here's, here's what Paul argues in 1 Corinthians 15 because there's some people. Your death thing is all that important. And we picked this up in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 12 to 14. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless It all comes down to life after death, Christ came, he died, he rose again, and he did that so we could know this is for real. This just this is a crowning event. He overcame all of that. When he walks out of the tomb, he is doing something that no one else has done, and the power was suffering as a result and he broke it and he set us free from that he says because there is something here it's the and to keep in mind that the key is life after death jesus died rose again we don't stop here this is not the end there is so much more don't quit and there's a whole theology of people who believe well you just you know you just honor god now and and if you remember first century, the Sadducees, a group of the Jewish people at that time, they didn't believe in angels, resurrection. Yeah, they'd, nope, you just worship God now and then you die. Many Christians kind of hold to that same idea. They'll go to funerals and isn't it great we have these promises and Jesus is going to come back and take us and yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't really live that way. It's all about right now, right here, what we do here. Even though we'll crank in a little Jesus and maybe some God music once in a while, but really, not so much. And Jesus is saying, oh, there's a whole lot more. I got up out of the grave. There's a whole lot more. Just get ready for that. It's just not yet. Doesn't mean it's not coming. You're supposed to live now to prepare for that. So stop living in the little tunnel and just open your eyes to the immensity of what is yet to come. That's where he's taking us. But the life after death, that's key. You've got to remember, there's still more coming. There's a spiritual impact on your physical health. Spiritual impact on your physical health. Health. And I'm going to pull a couple of things from Proverbs, but this is take, taking us back to our earlier statement about physical life and spiritual living. We're living in a spiritual or in a physical world, physical body, and we're living this out. We can live it like everyone else does. Who those don't want his input. However. He offers us something if we have spiritual living that affects our physical bodies. So this is, we're going to pick this up. In Proverbs 3, 7 to 8, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Wow. You can have healing for your body and strength for your bones 
And it says, be sure to search out the finest of surgeons in New York City, and you will find health. No? This is written to a bunch of people who don't really have doctors. Not, not much. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. So what does that mean? My own answers, my own way, my own first... Who do I call first? Where am I going to lean when anything goes sideways? I'm living in a physical body, in a material world. I'm going to the material doctor guy. And scripture is saying, you know what? The designer of your body is available. He's on call 24-7. And he answers when he's called. And he's saying, I've got something for you. Try this. Fear the Lord, which means we're thinking of him, we're respecting him, we recognize that he is the creator, that he is God, that he is good, that he's offering us something more in life. And I'm going to turn away from evil. I'm not going to lean on the ways of the world. I'm not going to turn to complaining and allowing the evil of unforgiveness or anger to trap me? Did you know that those things will so tie up our insides that we have illnesses? When Jesus came and he's dealing with people and he's casting out demons, remember he did a little bit of that. So he cast out demons and people got well. What was happening with them? Some of them are coming to him and recognizing that he is the Messiah. What have they just done? feared the Lord. What have they decided to do? Just like the the lady who was caught in adultery, go and sin no more, turning from evil. They're going to follow Jesus. What have they done? They've turned from following other gods, other ways, the ways of the world to follow him. There's a shift. So don't be impressed with your own wisdom, the ways of the world, or the internet, wherever you want to go. Instead, fear the Lord, turn away from evil, and then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Did he say you will have a perfect body that will now last for all time? No, because that's not yet. Is he offering some help? Yeah. Yeah. Can we expect it to go beyond the 120, 200 years? Uh, That's not what he said. Do we have a better chance if we go to him? And he's not saying don't go to doctors. He's just saying, just start with this. Turn to him. Rely on him. Remember who he is. Remember who you are. Remember how you're made. So this is a spiritual impact on a physical body. Look at this one. This is just, you know this works. From Proverbs 17. A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So you just hang around somebody who's down. They're bummed. They've just got a bad attitude. And they're a joy to be around all day long. You know, not only does it sap your strength, it saps everybody else's strength that's around you. And there are times when we're just like that. And we allow that broken spirit to control And then we make up a world around it 
and everything is that way. I had uh, there's a lady who came to church here uh, years ago. She's now enjoying heaven fully, but she she said she she's an artist, and so she had paintings in her home, and she'd see other other things around, and she was. Like, I don't know what's happened, but people just do not paint with the same kind of colors anymore. It's just like the world is just so much more gray. And then she had her cataracts fixed. And she went, oh my gosh, look at all the colors. And she just took off with how amazing everything everything was. And that's, we allow this stuff to enter into our lives. It drags down our senses. We can't hear the same I know we're not talking about auditory hearing. We are dulled in our senses because we have allowed the broken spirit, the sadness, the God didn't come through for me. It's not what he said. Not yet. So when we get that straightened out and we go, oh, this is what he's given me thus far in this body, in this time, in this situation. Remember that we are to give thanks in all things. That's where that fits because he's given us another breath, another opportunity to take another step, another chance to do something good. He's provided all those things along the way. So a cheerful heart is good medicine. Our bodies will heal. Uh, The brain will start to function more properly. The colon unknots itself amazingly. Things just work. And it's because we listen to him. We feared God, we go his direction, and then we're thinking with a cheerful heart, appreciative of what God has brought our way. Does that mean every ache and pain and everything stops and now we've got the perfect body? I've said this before, so you're kind of getting it. Not yet. Not yet. Do we get something? Yes. Is it good for us? Yes. And then we're timed out. This body's going to be timed out. And we don't know when, and we don't know when it is for others. We just know it will come to an end. Ought we to be surprised? Not in the least. Because if we've been paying attention, we've known it since we were three years old when the goldfish died. So what is it we need to do now? We need to listen to him. Like, uh, rely on him. Trust what he's doing, how he's working this thing through. Step one, trust God. Step two, apply truth. Allow those realities to sink in and we actually live with them, not push them aside and say that's for someone else, some other time, some, but not me, not this day. We apply that truth. So now we go, oh, that, okay, so now I've got this body. This is the one I'm responsible for. This is the one I take care of. This is my mind, the brain, the physical body, and, and I'm going to turn to him, and I'm going to seek answers best I can, and I am going to have a cheerful heart in the midst of all of this. Step three, I'm going to enjoy the results, however those come. Enjoy the results, however they come. And at some point, we'll have our last breath, and then you can be in a box right up here, and we'll have a little service, and, and you won't care because you're going to be doing so much looking around, meeting people, and having a great time with Jesus that you really care about what we're doing. 
Enjoy the results. He's at work. He's going to do some amazing things in us. But we have to remember some things. So here's, here's our present physical problems. Just, again, a reminder of how these things work. The uh, imperfect universe that we live in, there's uh, brokenness that exists. It's come down from, you know, you go back to chapter 3 of, of uh, Genesis and you go, wow, that's something serious happened there, which is why it's in Scripture. Something serious happened there. God intended for us to live in this Eden, this paradise, which he is moving us toward. And if you read Revelation 21 and 22, you go, oh, that's what that is. He's bringing it back. So in between, which is where we are, we're, we're moving in that direction, but not yet. We're just in process. So we're living in a world that's broken. That's why asteroids are loose in space and we have to shoot things at them. It's out there. Chaos is going to occur. Things that seem so random and come at us with such force. And it is... Uh, coming at every angle in relationships, when you think everything's going fine, when you think you've got everything's, man, it should just work, because look, I've got this all lined up. How often has that actually worked for anybody? You know, you get a handful once in a while, and you go, wow, that's just awesome. Most of the time, it doesn't. Something will go sideways, something will break along the way. It's just chaos. And you can expect it, you know, and, and you, expecting the government to work really well. You go, come on, you've been around long enough. Chaos. And if you're seeing chaos out there, the, there you go. It's a broken world. It's chaotic. And add to that choices. Because people don't always choose wisely. We don't. They don't. People just don't. So we have choices, good or bad. We have opportunities to make better ones. And I hope as we go through this kind of thing, we do make better ones. But choices make a difference. A choice, one choice that a person makes can affect your life. The choices you made. If you're married, you made a choice about who to marry. If you are uh, living in a house, you made a choice about a house. If you have a job, you made a choice about a job. They're just You made choices. And you also choose, what am I going to say in response to this person? Or what am I going to share today? And it can be something encouraging and uplifting and building, or it can just rip the crud out of people. And you go, you know, today's a good day to just rip somebody to pieces, I think. So I think I'm going to go with that. Now, you never thought those words in your mind, I'm guessing. But you have done it. Stop it. So, choices. We've got brokenness, chaos, choices. I mean, broken people hurt, you know, hurt others. Chaos, we bring it and, and we ought not. So, it's all, you know, we add, it's an imperfect universe. And it's not just them out there. There's also evil adversaries. There's darkness. The, the way that the evil works is anti-God. They want, the, they want attention for themselves. They know that they're doomed, so they are striving 
to take apart anything good, and they know that there's a direction and that human beings are special to God, so they want to go after us. So the darkness is out there, the destruction is part of that. They want to destroy the world or anything good that we bring along. Fortunately, we've, we have pockets of, of victory in our own lives and people around us, so you know, we haven't achieved heaven on earth yet because it's not yet, but we can make inroads. Death still exists. The evil, the darkness controlled so much of that, and Jesus broke loose and said, uh-uh, you don't control this. There's still death. So we still have to deal with that. That's part of the brokenness that came in Genesis chapter 3 in the early days. So that's just a human reality. But we don't have to fear death. And we don't have to say, well, that's, that's the worst thing ever. No, to be separated from God forever is the worst thing ever. Death is a step into the, to, to the not yet part. That's how we get there. So it's kind of a, exciting on the other side of the curtain but the evil adversaries use that to scare us, so we'll try anything and everything to just keep on going, be physical, live in a material world. So, present physical problems. So those, those are some of the problems that hang over us. But then when we change to, okay, so what is this? We've got this new life in Christ, and, and we're talking about a new day, new body, new things that are happening, and new life in Christ. So... 1 Corinthians 15 again, verse 22. Just as everyone dies because all belong to Adam, that's the Genesis 3 reference, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. New life. New life now. We get a taste of it. We get some transformation that happens now in this world, in this body, now. Is it a perfect body? Not yet. That's still coming. The resurrected body's still coming, not yet. So there's parts of it that we have, part of it we don't. But we have new life in Christ. And again, from 1 Corinthians 15, we have a new sheriff. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God, the Father having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Every ruler in authority and power. He's not talking about GRDA as a power company. He's not talking about the rulers in Iran. He is talking about the dark forces that exist in this world who are trying to take down human beings all over the planet. And he's going to, nope, I'm taking it back. He's going to destroy them, even death. So that's coming. It's not yet. He's gained the upper hand. He's moving in that direction. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, after that, the end will come. So it's coming. Just, you know, we're, just, we're waiting for all that to come. So we have bodies given to us uh, that, that God has issued and, and because of the brokenness in the world, the chaos and choices and all those kind of things that affect us, you know, some of our bodies are, are broken or diseased or illness or we get hit with, you know, somebody runs over us with a car. You know, all kinds of things happen. But the body that we're living in, we have the ability still to choose where, where we're going to take this thing. Who, 
who's the source? Who's going to work in our lives? And how are we going to use this body to accomplish his purpose in this world? What good can we do? What, what difference can we make using the body that we have with its limitations, with its aches and pains, or whatever else it's got? What can we do to further the kingdom, to help as many other people know that there is light that Jesus has made a difference, that he rose from the dead, that this is a real thing and there is no other. He is, he is the way and he brings the life. And our bodies are given to us as a sacred trust to live in rightly and to accomplish great things. He wants us to use our bodies to do great things. And when I say that, your mind may run to, well, I'm, you know, I need to be an influencer or I need to be the head of something in politics or Hollywood or some CEO somewhere. None of that. I mean, that may be great if that's the path the Lord has for you, but, you know, he's watching what you are doing right now. He has heard your conversations, and when you meet with people, he listens. That's Malachi 3.16. And he has angels that are taking notes to record those things to see, you know, are you complaining about your body or are you giving thanks? Are you living out to the best of your ability given all that God has given you? Or are you living that out? Or have you decided that he really doesn't care and he's distant and he is just far, far away. That's the Christian deist. You know, a deist is a person who thinks God made the world, made people, and then left. He just said, I'm going on vacation, y'all. Enjoy, and, you know, make the best of it. I'll check in later, and you're on your own. That's a deist. So the idea that there is a God, yep, I'll give it that, but He's not involved in my life. He's not involved in my thinking. He's not really keeping up with me. He's, and, and he's responsible for you know, making me great so other people can applaud. And he's up there you know, just shaking his head going, that's not what I told him. He is involved. Jesus said he would be with us always. He said the Holy Spirit's coming. He's available. And we can shut him down. We can turn our backs on the Lord, which is what got us into this mess in the first place. Or we can listen to him, draw on his strength, his resources, his energy, and appreciate the bodies he's given us and live with them fully in our solitude, when we're sitting at the table at home, when we're riding in the car, when we're around the table at church, you know, we can talk to people and we can honor him. We can see what God does with all those things because he's called us to something greater. That's now. Then he's going to hold us accountable for it. He will do that some now. There's a big one coming. It ain't yet, but it's coming. And we are responsible for all those words, all those attitudes all the time we've been given and we get to bring it before him and he will put it to the fire 
which is the test to see if it can stand. If it all burns up, not much left. And he's given us a heads up on that so we know, huh, I've been given this great opportunity in the body God gave me, in the time in which I live, to do great things. Great things every day. And to touch lives in exquisite ways. And to live in my body, sacred body, that God, the creator, entrusted to me. That's you. With all the aches and pains, all the problems, all the wants and desires, that's you. He has more for you. Still to come, 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Already, not yet. He's coming. He's got a whole lot more for us. We will be like Jesus. That doesn't mean that we will be God like Jesus, but we will have attributes, the abilities of his resurrected body. So that's the fullness. That's the perfect body yet to come. And we may desire that. We may long for that because we don't want to hurt anymore or we want to look different or we want to be able to do cool stuff because I think going through walls and passing, you know, like he did, that's kind of cool. Showing up, traveling with, you know, in an instant, that's cool. But he's still got to eat everything. He's still got to hang out with his friends. So, you know, this whole resurrected body thing is going to be exciting. And we've got that to look forward to because he said we're going to be like him. Just not yet. So I'm glad you're thinking about it. You're thinking there should be something more. It should be different. It should be better. Good. You're right. Not yet. Just not yet. It's coming. Live in the one you've got because you've been entrusted by a loving Savior, by a Heavenly Father, to use what you've been given to honor Him, to love God, to love others, to accomplish much in this world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us these bodies uh, with, with all that they are and all the possibilities that exist. Thank you for them, all of them. And, and with the limitations that may be there and the possibilities that are there as well. Thank you for what's coming in our for our minds and our bodies for the future that is ahead but during this time uh, before we get there lord i pray that we would listen to you trust you lean on you listen to you so that we can do the things that you have in mind for us here that we would accomplish those things with uh, the bodies that we have knowing lord that one day these things will be timed out, and you have a new future for us that never times out. Timeless, unending, amazing, and we look forward to that. Thank you, Jesus, for rising from the dead to really prove this is it. This is the reality. That is our hope. Oh, and we thank you for all of this in Jesus' name.